welcome once again to A Decimation of Dragons, a House Dragon and Game of Thrones podcast. We discuss weekly the television series House of the Dragon on HBO Max. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. And in the Canadian province of Alberta, Canada. Uh, Sean, hope everyone is doing well. Indeed. Uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, stumbled upon us, or even if you haven't, uh, the first thing is, is we are recording this on October 4th, 2022. Uh, for the, those folks who are curious, such as some of our listeners like Pam, who want to know when we are actually recording because of possible delays when the actual episode is released. Uh, also, you can find us at the Dark Discussions News Network, which is a network of podcasts and news and uh, basically genre-related. So sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and whatnot. Um, basically, you can find us at www.darkdiscussions.com. We uh, have an email, uh, two ways email us, uh, simply type in darkdiscussions at aol.com or go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us menu choice on any page of the website and you can get a email box that pops up. Whichever way you email us, please put in the subject line, something like dragons, or something of that nature, so we know that the email is directly for this podcast and not one of the other podcasts on the network. You can find this podcast a number of places. Uh, obviously, uh, as stated, www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the we- website has each episode of the podcast where you can play it directly from there and also download it directly from there. Also, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, which would be places like Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and so forth. Uh, the the podcast is under three different feeds. Uh, the first is A Decimation of Dragons, a House of the Dragon podcast. The other places are You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, which is the original podcast for our Game of Thrones uh, discussions. And so for folks who have subscribed to that, and have not uh, canceled their subscriptions after Game of Thrones ended, they'll see the episodes for this podcast pop up there. And then the last place you can find us is Dark Discussions Podcast Feed. So simply type in Dark Discussions Podcast, wherever podcasts are found, and this podcast will appear on that feed as well. Uh, Also on that feed are the other podcasts that your co-hosts that you hear here are also on. Uh, so that's kind of a all-encompassing feed of all podcasts that have your co-hosts on it. Um, also, uh, Sean, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? Uh, yeah, so Phil, they can also click on the Patreon button, which will take them to Patreon if they are in a point where they have some financial wherewithal to be able to donate back to the po- podcast. Um, any amount is very much appreciated because the podcast itself is free, but there's tons and tons of expenses on the other side. So any anything you could donate is great. Um, but if you are donating, say, $5 a month, every $5 a month that you donate, you get to put uh, pick a movie that will get picked every quarter in a draft, a little draft raffle thingy. 
And if your movie gets picked, then it will get a review either on the main Dark Discussions uh, feed or one of the sister podcasts, depending on what it is. Uh, again, any financial support is much appreciated and uh, helps to keep this thing going. Indeed. Uh, so uh, that's uh, something that we appreciate. Uh, if you do have the money to do so. But uh, we're here either way, and you can always listen to us. Um, all right, so for folks who are new to this podcast, what we do here is we talk about the latest episode of House of the Dragon. Uh, so we will spoil and whatnot, again, because we're assuming you're a fan of the show or at least watch the show, and you want to hear, uh, I guess, commentary and synopsis and other opinions of what you just watched. Uh, and that's what we're here to do. So uh, we will talk about everything and everything. Uh, so let's uh, get into our first off, our thoughts on the episode. So uh, let's start with you, Barrett. Yeah. Oh, 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 the episode is episode seven, Driftmark, directed by Miguel Sapochnik, uh, and by Kevin Lowe, uh, airing October 2nd, 2022. All right. Sorry about that. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I really, really liked this episode. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it still had another darkness issue that I did not appreciate. Um, I wish they would do something about that. Uh, I'd like to at least be able to tell who the people are in a scene. Um, I mean, I could turn my contrast up, but my TV is, you know, set pretty well for everything else I watch. So I wish they would definitely look into that and do something about it. Um, but otherwise, the story was great. The acting was great. It ended on a really interesting note, and I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. All right. Sounds good. Let's go with you, Sean. Yes, I would agree with Barrett. I really liked this episode. I thought, uh, again, like Barrett mentioned, acting was really good. I really enjoyed the story and the many different arcs it's setting up. Uh, and just... Yeah, um, I just I really really enjoyed it, and uh, you can feel the pressure tension really building up for where we're headed. So I thought they did a really good job. All right, so sounds good, uh, Mike. Yeah, sorry. Uh, for some reason, I'm losing audio. I don't know what's going on. It says your internet connection is unstable. So apparently, my internet connection is unstable. Um. Yeah, I really like the episode. Uh, this is uh, starting to now finally get into the, the the middle game. We've had a lot of setup for the last six episodes, and uh, and now the teams are are doing are, are doing their their draft, and they're about ready to go into battle. You know, so uh, Team Hightower starts by uh, drafting. Uh, What's it? Uh, Malon? Kristen? No. No, the dragon. Vagar? Vagar. And uh, we're team um, Targaryen has drafted Damon. And I'm curious to see where uh, the, the, the Valeris team, uh, not Valeris, um, Valerian team goes. Uh, Sir Coralis's team, who they end up siding with. Because it's going to be an interesting... It's going to be interesting how it plays out. So, yeah, I really liked it. I'll agree with the darkness. Um, someone's, I, I haven't really been paying a lot of attention to who directs what episode, 
but uh, someone had mentioned that this seems to be a hallmark of uh, uh, Miguel's hallmark, hallmark is uh, dark stuff, dark scenes that are hard to see. And he's the one that I think is leaving this year, isn't he? Yes. So maybe yes. maybe maybe the show will lighten up a little bit. It'll have <laughs> a little bit less, uh, a little less incest, a little less rape and mutilation, and more sunny, bright, happy Westeros will be what we see next year. But no, I I, I mm-hmm. thought this was a very good show. All right, sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I would concur with uh, everybody. Um, I think uh, Barrett uh, was spot on uh, with with both his complaints and his uh, um, thoughts on the episode. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a strange thing that's going on this season of House of the Dragon where a few of the episodes just have these really dark um, filmography. And uh, why? And it's unfortunate because it's, it's just very hard to see. Uh, one review about this episode here: they even after you shut off all your lights and pull your shades, you still barely see uh, what's on the screen in a completely dark room. And, and that may be true in s- certain scenes of this episode. Uh, all in all, uh, the episode was uh, really well uh, put together. It it uh brings the story further and uh sets up um more of the the hatred of of the two sides axe and the greens i guess is what they're going to be called and it shows uh i guess a uh end of a dynasty in a sense uh because obviously when families of this power and magnitude fight, uh, it unfortunately uh, won't end well. Um, though uh, offline, uh, I'm talking to Sean, and Sean has mentioned it numerous times on this podcast, among other podcasts, that it's always the the um, regular people that get screwed over the machinations of the elites, and, and this show is really showing that. Uh, again, we haven't seen much of the regular folk, but when a major war like this is going to happen, especially with dragons, you can just imagine uh, what we saw in Game of Thrones in season, the last season of that, what what will probably happen to a lot of, uh, quote unquote, innocent folk. Um, and actually, I'll take away the quotes, just innocent folk. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a happy show. There's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but this episode is really good. Um, all right. So. Uh, again, what we do here is we're going to talk about everything and anything and discuss certain things. Uh, this is what uh, one reviewer online mentioned was a bottle episode because it will probably be the only episode in the season that will basically takes place just in one spot. Um, and so that was interesting. And that one spot was Driftwood. Uh, Drift. Driftmark. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Drift Mark. Um, so uh, I guess we can get into uh, the episode. So uh not sure who wants to start. I wanted to say throw two characters this episode that I really felt terrible for. One was Renees, and I thought her performance was fantastic, and Viserys. Someone who, like, both watching, I guess, their families torn apart different ways, but just the sadness and especially when Renice is talking about like 
you know, she's never going to have the throne and this, these political machinations and all this stuff is costing so much. And is it worth it? And when she's talking with Corliss and Corliss is still going on about, well, you should have, you know, the crown should be yours. And she's like, I, is this what the price of it is? And is it worth it when you lose your family like this? And then seeing the stuff with Viserys, you know, still trying to reconcile with Damon, balancing all the high tower machinations and bullshit, um, just wanting the family to get along, try to get along. <laughs> and everyone is opposed to that for different reasons. And I just thought uh, both the performances were really, uh, really standout. Yeah, both of those actors uh, I would I would concur with. And uh, I'm actually getting the your internet connection is unstable, just like you, Mike. Um, but what uh, I want to start with, since you brought it up, is uh, the um, the Valerians and that scene in front of the fireplace where they're talking. Um, what and what, what was the, the the two characters' names again? Rainy, uh, and uh, Corliss. Yes. Um, and and they both have fair points with what they say because Renice says, you know, she's over it at this point. Um, and everybody around her, uh, including her husband, is not uh, over it, meaning not becoming queen of the kingdom. Uh, and instead of her, her first cousin was chosen. Um, and then her admission privately that their grandchildren are not uh, Valerians. They, they're not blood. And her husband saying, well, the, the, the thing is, whether that's true or not, it's not blood that people remember in history. They remember names. And, and, and that's true. Um, you know, because, I mean, you know, I look at I'm a parent. You know, Mike's a Dunley and Sean, you're a fox and Barrett is a Heisner. But our great grandmother's maiden name is forgotten. You know, so and and if we were we have an ancestor that was adopted um, in in the Portuguese community, uh, if, if you ever find a person named the last name of De Jesus, that means of God basically or of Jesus, and what it was is orphans that were abandoned would go to nunneries, and they were all named De Jesus. So if your name was uh, Paul, you would be called Paul De Jesus and so forth, and so. The, the their their blood doesn't matter it's the name and so i see their points and yet the i think the problem with all these characters isn't even the now or the future it's they all care about legacy or at least some of them do rather than I guess just being happy. And the devastating part of that whole scene is that he won't even hold her hand. She is done with wanting this crown because she's too old. She's not going to get it. That's not going to happen, but she's being used to be like his reason for trying to get the crown. And it's kind of, I don't know. It's just not right. (laughs) 
Well, as you said, she got over this 20 years ago. Now, that would put her basically at the start of the series or? Yeah, around maybe, the, no, uh, not that close to it. So she really wasn't even that big into it when the show started. Mm-hmm. Or maybe when, you know, the, the death of Emma or the, the, the remarriage or the birth of a male heir or the naming of, uh, of uh, Rhaenyra as the heir, something around that time kind of turned her off on this or, or convinced her to give it up, you know, and she's still, it's going to have a powerful family, powerful heirs, powerful children. You know, her, her family is not really going to want for much. It's a matter of being, you know, powerful or super powerful, right? They're going to be the second most powerful family in the world. That's not a bad consolation prize. It's not like the option is, is being peasants. Right. Um, so it is a very mature way and underst- understandable way to look at things. And that sort of thing, does insight does come a bit, I think, as you get older and your passions cool a bit. But this is also a world, I think, in which so much power is vested into these families. We see through history, and they see through history, that since everything is going by bloodline, or name, if you prefer, it literally dictates the fate and the wealth and the the success of every nation, which does affect those little people, which unfortunately, you know, is, is not great for them. But it is a burden. It is a responsibility to have. Not that they necessarily are showing it, but it is a, it is a fact. And since, you know, even in the wealthy families, you never know who's going to be around for how long. It makes sense that there is more emphasis kind of put on the family and on the bloodline, maybe than the than than your individual happiness. That because, again, you could you could go tomorrow. You might get dragon scale tomorrow. You might get leprosy tomorrow. You may just get an infection and die tomorrow. Um, that's kind of the way of the world. Obviously, less so for the disgustingly wealthy and powerful, because they're not likely to be living in, you know, a d- disease-ridden slum uh, or have awful medical care. Though we've seen the maesters at the, the around at the time weren't doing that great. Um, it's at least something. But yeah, so it makes sense. So again, I think. This goes back to what I was saying last week. All the characters have a point of view that I think makes sense from their perspective. There's lack of communication. There's lack of empathy. There's lack of understanding. There's uh, that sometimes leads to misunderstanding. And I certainly think that happens here in this episode. But um, and and that that's where the tragedy comes in, yeah. right? And, you know, it's interesting because they knew their son was gay before they married him off to her. So they knew any heirs that did appear probably wouldn't be his. It was just a phase he was going through. He Uh was going to get out of it. Yeah, they just wanted the power, you know I mean? So, I don't know. They're just as much to blame as anybody else for that situation. Right. Well, well, to be fair, even, even if it was selfish, to be fair, you know, you know, we do know a lot of gay women or gay men or, or we've heard the stories anyway of of uh them still having children with a spouse and then they come out and break up later and, and whatnot and they go live their um preferred lifestyle so it was still possible that the valerian blood could have been the grandchildren uh it just 
didn't happen that way. So I, I just wanted to. No, and I, I agree, I but guess. they they're still yeah. part of that whole whole thing happening. They can't. Uh, it's like uh, everyone oh, wants to blame yeah. Rhaenyra, but she's not to blame. You know, she tried to love him as much she could as a you know friend is whatever this union is, and she still had to find solace somewhere else, and she had to provide heirs, and he was incapable of doing that. So. Right, yeah, because I guess they tried. It was at least alluded to. Yes, she um, say that they tried. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's also remember... You, you can't push rope, right? You can't yeah. push rope. <laughs> you, let's also remember... As, her defense, as Homer Simpson said. In her, her defense, she's been shared the prophecy. Uh, you know, the, the dagger prophecy. The prophecy of the long night. That's one of their heirs will you know, be the prince that was promised that would save the world. That's a hell of a burden to place on somebody. And they believe in prophecy. Their family has an, has a history of prophecy. So, you know, obviously, Sean, if you suddenly prophesied something, we, we would probably give it way less weight. But again, in context of the place, the time, and that world, it means something. And so that's one reason why she's having these heirs. She has this extra burden to produce more heirs. She has to carry the she has to carry the ball down to the touch to, down to the end zone, or literally the world may suffer for it, or at least that's what she's been led to believe. And there's yeah. a reason why that dagger is features prominently at the end of the episode, and you see the 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 dagger catching the light of the fire, and you see the prophecy written on it. It's to remind right. us of that. Obviously, this this show. I guess that is important to the Targaryen family, but, you know, as you said, Mike, if it was them that said it and not us, we could just look at it and say, oh, that was just some ancestor in the past that said that to give more weight to the family and for the peons to believe it, you know. Um, but I guess, you know, even some of these Targaryens could, could believe it as well, I guess. We know it's, but we know it's true. In this world, that happens. Right. They had the dream about about old Valyria being destroyed, and that came true. We see the sister in this episode, or maybe it was last time when she was talking about uh, basically prophesying Haemon um, losing his eye. So, and the fun part is Helena, like she keeps predicting stuff, and she may be a dragon dreamer. No one listens to her. <laughs> Well, because she's like Orson playing with the Beatles in the in the yard. Kush, kush, kush. <laughs> well, and you know that's 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 what this episode is about, right? Uh, uh, a bunch of dysfunctional people is is really really what it is, you know. Very much so. <laughs> um, well, and I, I think so, they so take us. Yeah, go on, Mike. I think they did a good job of blurring the lines a little more here in both the actions of Rhaenyra and Damon and then the actions of uh of Alicent. And now I think there's a giant asterisk to be hung on what Rhaenyra and Damon do at the end, but we'll get to that because it's going back to that whole the little guy in the middle gets screwed over. Uh but yeah, like I said, we'll discuss it. Uh, yeah, so 
basically what it is is everybody heads over to Drift Mark for uh, the funeral uh, of the death we saw last week. Um, some of the reviews I read said it was hard to believe that all those folks w- would go, uh, especially the king, because of illnesses and uh, and whatnot. But um, that was just a perspective that was interesting that I, I saw. Um, and basically, it turns into uh, a family feud, uh, literally, not not the game show. Um, so, uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, there, there's a, there's a bunch of things. Obviously, there's there's the incest. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the family feud episode. That's going to be great. <laughs> so, what what do we want to talk about uh, next? Uh, there's, obviously, there's a bunch of things to talk about. There's the dragon stuff. There's the incest stuff. There's the um the the husband problem. There's the big scene with the knife. What do you guys want to start with? Well, so this is a little point, and it, it only is, probably makes uh, excitement for me, but uh, at the initial part of the episode, uh, there, it's our first time we've ever had more than three dragons on the screen. We had four dragons on the screen, which was kind of cool. So I thought, you know, as a dragon person, that was that was fun and uh, portending what may or may not be happening in the future. So that was cool. Yeah, we were introduced to new dragons, uh, for sure. And I'm sure they're going to have a, a big part in the battles that will uh, come. Uh, so uh, I guess we can sh- talk about... Uh, let's see, what do we want to talk about first? I'm trying to think of the order stuff that happened. Uh, I guess we can talk about... Uh, the youngest son and the dragon. Aymond, yeah. Um, yeah, Aymond is his name, right? Uh, so he basically takes it on his own to get the courage, probably partly because of his uh, nephews and his own brother uh, picking on him in the prior episodes with, with pigs and stuff. He decides that uh, there's a dragon that is available uh, due to uh, the, our individual who is at the funeral uh, or is, is buried to see. Uh, and he decides to see if he can um, unite with the dragon. Because um, as, as we know, dragons choose somebody. Um, and then if you are worthy by holding on and riding them and whatnot, uh, you become paired with them until one or the other passes away. Um, so it's an interesting story. I mean, interesting scene because it first is very, um, I, I felt anyway, heartwarming because he is this kid that finally takes the courage, takes something uh, by the horns in a sense and decides to do something. And he's successful. Um, but of course, being a kid, he's a little cocky, and of course, that's an being understatement. Kid, being, um, well, it, it, I mean, I'm look. I looked at the scene a few times to see who was at fault, and to be honest, 
they're they're all kind of dinks um, for various reasons. Whether or not they are, are right to be upset, they 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 were still all kind of dinks. I'm not, I'm not sure um, who exactly it is you're talking about. I mean, all the this kids. is all right. The if, kids. You're about, all if you're kids. talking about what started. But what caused it is is, is youth because they're they're kids and kids are dumbasses. That's right. Kids get in fights, and yep. that happens. And it's all fun and games until someone um, loses an eye. That's <laughs> it. That's the, that's how that goes. Or yes. someone's going to bash uh, your head in with a rock, right? Or attempt and, to. And, and that's and that's the problem, right? Is that it keeps escalating. Well, and I once the kid picks up a rock. That and escalated it. That yeah. escalates it, and and fuck you. You pick up a rock that you could bash my brains in with, um, and and I'll I fucking if I got if I got a dagger at hand, I'll grab it. Well, he deserved everything he got. Well, I I gotta say this: when when you get attacked and and are kicked and punched to the point. Uh, that he did, I, I could understand why he, he would pick the rock, rock up earlier than that. He hit a girl first after she hit him. That was the first inciting moment, major well, inciting moment. Well, she did hit him first, yeah. Because but he again, stole their dragon, their mother's dragon. That's yeah. what it was. You're taking your mother's dragon. They didn't have time to grieve or anything, and you've just gone and taken her dragon. Yeah, and you're you're just an ass about it, and yeah. like you said, Phil, the the initial scene when he's uh, bonding with Vagar was cool, but he's just an ass. Yes. And I mean, I get, I know why he get, I know where he gets it from. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, we that's not a question. Um, and you know what, he may have redeeming qualities, but it's just like Aegon is just a douchebag, right? And I mean, yes, you could. Um, I'm not necessarily agreeing, but continue, continue. But, but I mean, okay, so I feel that Aegon is just when you're watching the funeral, and Aegon is just rolling his eyes at how boring and this getting is, drunk, and getting drunk. Well, that was like though not high points for you, <laughs> right? The, the fact that you well, have Otto I'll, I'll have say to this. come and get him. Well, again. They shouldn't have even been there because they're just kids and they don't even know these people because it's, it's like, you know, you're family a, funeral. It's your, Haven't you been to a it's funeral like your, that you didn't know them very well? I'm not my childhood. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but, you know, again, as Mike said, there's you they're youths, you know, just. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, but they're turning it, it into they're me. turning into psychopathic youth. This, I mean, turning into adults, and that's the problem. Yeah, right? I mean, it's <laughs> his problem. Oh, like no, he stole the no. dragon. He has he has no like remorse for it, and then he taunts them with it, and he also taunts with the whole bastard part of things. I mean, all of that together alone, <laughs> he deserves what he got. But then he was going to bash heads in with a rock, like threaten to kill. Um, yeah, I, I just have no sympathy for this guy. I know they're kids, but he's he's on the path to killing pets and and, and little animals type thing, if not beyond. Uh, I, I, I didn't see see that where he would be killing cat animals or anything like that. But um, 
uh, it's fair to dislike these characters. There's no doubt. I, I, I don't have the, the hate for them, even if they are created in a way that obviously the showrunners want us to not like them. Uh, but at this point, I'm just still looking at them as, you know, just stupid kids. Uh, but I do agree that there's no doubt that the show is trying to make us dislike them and also make these characters become basically adults that will be despicable. Well, well just I mean, the, the level of entitlement that they have, yeah. right? And that's the problem. <laughs> Except that if there was any hubris or humility, right, things may go differently. But when you're basically entitled as F, right, it's you're not going down a good road. Well, and, and their mother is not grooming them as if they weren't going to be, like, you know, ruling the kingdom. <laughs> she is grooming them because she has plans for Rhaenyra, you know. I think she wants her out of the way. I, the true villain is Allison at this well, point. Well, Allison, again, opinion. has told, has been convinced by her father that when Rhaenyra takes over, she's going to try to kill her children. So. And- this reinforces to, it, right? Right. So we can go back to Sir to to Sean's favorite, Otto Hightower. Um, I, I think it doesn't help that Aegon is clearly the oldest of all the what is it, three, four, five, six children that we say. I mean, not counting Joffrey, who's still shitting himself. Um, but he's basically bullying the other kids. We saw it last week. With the drag, with the with the the flying pig, um, and, and he likes lording the fact that he's the oldest one, he's the strongest one, you know, he's the biggest one, and he's going to get to fuck his sister in a couple of years, um, because I don't know if you caught that that he's betrothed to his sister. Yep. yep. Um. So that's there, and you get, I think the other kids, the bastard kids, uh, who are they? Mm-hmm. Jason and Luceris. Luceris. They seem a little nicer, but I mean, they were also picking on uh, on Aemond for not having a dragon. They had no trouble playing along with those games. Kids are kids. Kids do shitty things to each other. Kids can be mean to each other. I would not judge Aegon right now, you know, as to where because he's not like Joffrey level. At least he doesn't seem to be. Um, the the. Game of Thrones Joffrey, not the one that was born last episode, Joffrey. Um, or the one that has has breast in two episodes ago, Joffrey. Um it, it's it's hard to say what he's gonna grow into. Right now he's in, he's an immature little shit and a bit of a bully. And, and you know what, I can understand being bored at a funeral. I was bored at plenty of the funerals. I would bring a book, I'd go find a little corner somewhere and read, but that was me. Um so yeah, I, I can get him being un- unhappy to be there. I can certainly I, uh, get I can certainly get Eamon seeing an opportunity to get a dragon after catching all this shit for I'm imagining his whole life that he's the one offspring who doesn't get a dragon. And yeah, he's an entitled little prick because he seal- he takes the dragon. I have no idea what dragon etiquette is. You know, is it the thing where that you get to pick your dragon, or does the dragon pick the rider? You know, is there is it a two way thing? Is it possible that he could have been rejected and and flambéed? I, I have no idea how the, the the details of that works. 
So well, he had balls. Like, I'll give him credit for that. Well, and let's be honest. All the drama, the kid drama is adult made. Because it's been beaten it's into them. Yeah. Be- yeah, exactly. They've got Sir Kristen pushing them one way. The other kids had somebody pushing them the other way. Although that guy seemed a little more honorable than Sir Kristen at this point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the adults that have caused all this. That's the really messed up part of this. Which is kind of like real life, right? People learn from their environments and some can choose to or are able to, you know, make different choices and others don't or can't. And it's just scary when you're seeing all the stuff from the parents who are supposed to be the adults in the room, you know, being worse than the children. And Mike, you were as you were saying about the dragon stuff. Usually, what happens with the bonding is either when the kid is born, then they'll take a dragon egg and put them together so that they bond and grow together. And in other times, it's a situation where if the dragon has lost their um, bonded partner or whatever, then it's a matter of who is able to bond with them or who the dragon will bond with next. Right. Well, so, I mean, the the egg thing is obviously out of play here. So we're yeah. so we're really so we're talking about who has the claim on the dragon, and is that even a thing? Right? Who who, who gets seems who? Seems you know, to be a thing. We well, talked about it previously in the series. Well, Bela seems to think it's a thing. She seems to think that her mother's dragon is hers to claim, but the dragon has had many riders by this point. It's the oldest yes. dragon left in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, don't know that it's necessarily going to go with who it's who it's pulled to, although maybe it will. But it seems to be perfectly fine going with Aemon. Because dragons are not, like, necessarily the most intelligent things. They're going with somebody that takes control first. Um, I just think there's probably uh, a decision that gets made on who gets to approach the dragon next, I would imagine. Because they're not, like, they're, like, almost political tools you know so can't imagine they would just let anybody willy-nilly bond with well, our version of nuclear weapons and do you want to just give it to whoever gets there first right right well well yeah i and, mean like i just saw avatar uh and it's uh you know back in theaters and you know there's these animals that you uh connect with and they choose you and you choose them and and so forth. But it's like you said, Barrett, the question is, in this world here, it's not just you choosing the, the animal and the dragon choosing you. It's uh, the humans who decide who gets to approach the dragon, I guess. And as you said, Sean, um, they're, you know, they're kind of like uh, weapons of mass destruction, as, as we saw Danny most certainly do in, in the prior series so yeah you you obviously wouldn't want certain types of people to be riding the dragons but to be honest i I don't think i would trust any any of these people you know well let me let me just last think about all the people you know and uh think about your neighbors and your friends and your family and your co-workers and how many of them would you trust I'd trust, you, ride a dragon. I'd trust you, Mike. Oh, oh well, obviously. <laughs> but that's one. 
<laughs> I wouldn't trust Phil because he sides yeah. with the kids. Those 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 evil little kids. Just kidding, Phil. Yeah. Well, again, though, I I just don't want to pass judgment. No, on, I, complete, on I kids, completely I completely understand. I'm just yeah, I was yeah. stating how I felt because of the way it made me feel about that kid, and that could be right. some personalization taking on how I was treated as a kid that was smaller, like those two young boys. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, also, also for me, the, the one issue with the show is. Uh, and, and again, Mike has mentioned this before when I said this before and on other about other shows or whatever, and he's absolutely right. But um, obviously the, the writers and directors, the showrunners presenting characters a certain way for us to empathize with or hate those characters. And um, I feel it's a little just... Um, uh, too heavy-handed, and so when I saw this whole scene, and I, like I said, I watched it a few times, it it didn't feel that they were as as they were being presented because again they're kids, but I could tell that that's what the showrunners and writers and, and producers and whatnot want us to feel. Well, that's any. But story. I, I just can't. I mean, any story is yeah. trying to elicit that emotional response from you. Right, right. And that's why, why I, I prefaced with, with Mike having mentioned this to me in the past and, and other episodes of, of we've done where I've said some similar things. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just tough to see some, some poor kid get his eye knocked out. And again, I'd have to rewatch the episode over and over, but obviously the king is right. It shouldn't have happened, and none of these people should have. A knife should have never been pulled where out. Where were the guards? The rock probably would have yeah. never been pulled where out. Where were the guards that are supposed yeah, yeah, to be Yeah, exactly. Where are the guards? Just exactly. The king summed it up. Where are the fucking? Guards? It would have all gone because it would have all gone so much better if they let the kid have his red rider be to be done. <laughs> I actually well, like and, and that's the thing. Is, is, go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Sorry. I was, I was just gonna say. No, that's right. I, I have a probably one second delay again but the the problem is is that that all all these these are kids so in the real world when actions happen it causes reactions and emotions and then it can just goes out spirals out of control and being stupid kids as mike says the actions cause overreactions that are probably even more crazy than adults so when one person gets punched the other person is going to punch back and then the other one gets pushed down and then one gets you know kick in and all this other stuff so the, uh, finally the kid picks up a, a stone or a rock or whatever you want to call it and then another kid pulls out on knife and, it, and it's just you know it's just i don't know i i just couldn't empathize with any of the characters because it was just way ridiculous and like the king said the the god should have been there to prevent such things like this happening like sean sean connery and the untouchables that kid breaks your nose you take his eye you know just mm -hmm. just escalate right i mean that's what happened right and nobody seemed to give a shit that uh i think it was luceros who got his nose broken right right exactly because he got punched in the face which or is, which is let's be honest, it, I can't remember. 
is 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 less severe than getting your eye torn out. Yes. I, I don't think there's any question about that. But again, if this was if this was in a court of law among equals, the argument of well, he broke my nose kind of go. You know, I think most of the jury goes, yeah, fuck it. You know, he gets what he gets. I was just going to say, I love the king's response to this. He was the only rational person in that whole area that was on the side of everybody. Basically, he didn't want any of the kids hurt. And he had a great line: "Look at me." I like that. Yeah. That was that was good. It's it's the strongest we've seen him this season. What's left of him? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> he's soon to I, die. We know that. Well, now well, he's more concentrated. His, his 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 left arm is, I think, just about gone. Is is gone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there may be a little bit of a stump up up the sleeve somewhere, but at least the lower arm has disappeared. Um, I don't know if he's still hitting that either, but uh, with Allison, but that's another matter. But, I mean, really, what are you supposed to do there? And he's supposed to maim his grandchild because his his grandchild named his son? Of course, Allison doesn't have that issue because it's not her her child or her grandchild. And I think this is the thing that finally breaks Allison. This is what pushes her over the edge. She's lived in fear for 10 years about them coming after her children. And then she stumbles on her son with you know with an eye out. But she wasn't there to see it happen. But I think any mother who sees their child with their eye out is going to freak out a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, and, and especially and it just feeds like, into all the, the fear and paranoia and the poisons that have been whispered in her ear for the last 15, 20 years. The real reason that it escalated to the point did was because of a rumor. And when Amon points to Aegon. I thought he was going to point to his mother, to be honest. But he pointed to Aegon as the person that told him this rumor. And then Aegon, when he's confronted by his father, says, "What? What, what, what are you? What are you talking? Why did you say this?" What, it's and he goes, "It's. We all know. It, everybody knows. This. Is, I mean, he didn't even have to say that. It's obvious. He could have just said, "We all know. Right. Everybody knows." Thing, but what's funny is the true. king so, knows that Allison. The king knows that Allison is the one that spread the rumor too. Yes, because he looks at her first, then he looks at Aegon. Even though the kid said it was Aegon, he looks at his wife first. He knows he's not I wa- stupid. I want to throw just a quick aside because I watched right, but, one but of it, another. You know, what's, but you know what's funny? I, I just want to interject with Barrett said, yeah. which is they, they all know. Even even even. The Valerians know it's not true. Even even Damon knows it. But you know, he, says, oh, yeah. he says, "I mean, they all know it." So it, it's not even Allison who spread the rumor. He may, she may have said it to her two sons, but everybody knows, right? But she, you know, she is the one anyway, that pushed it yeah, to yeah. her. She is the one that pushed it to her sons. They might it might not have been as obvious to them if their mother wasn't constantly talking about it. Well, the kids they may not have, but the king had ordered her not to say anything, right? And to stop talking about it. And, and a part of me wonders what he would have done if Eamon had turned had, had said his mother had told him I, what he would have done to Allison. Now, he is Viserys. He's been a kind of a, a weak king up to this point. So I don't think it would have been that much. But I am curious what he might have done otherwise. Anyway, Sean, you were going to say something. And then we got yeah, no, no, that's fine. And I was just going to say I watched uh, another uh kind of a YouTube channel that 
talks about this stuff and they were talking with a lawyer and talking about the idea of like medieval law and that and what's the is it blood or law is it you know what is it the process but they were talking about the idea that if a bastard is acknowledged or accepted by the king at the time then that's legitimate it doesn't matter what anybody else says if the king accepts them then they're legitimate and i thought that was interesting because to this point whether viserys is going to accept the truth or not he's accepting them as family and as targaryens I think there's a problem with that here. And and that yeah, which is fair. But I just thought that was an interesting point that was brought up by the, the person that I've watched. Right. So. I think the and well, first of all, that might be that that's right, but at least in uh because we see that with um the Boltons, right, in Game of Thrones, where uh uh Bruce Bolton finally accepts his son. But um the catch to this is that these children are supposed to be produced from a marriage between the two most powerful houses in the realm. And so those children are a symbol of that union. And if you just erase that, then that, and say that they were illegitimate, but now we're going to legitimize them. But what you're not doing is legitimizing them as, um, as Coralus's grandchildren. And that could potentially sever that bond. So I think politically that's a little bit more risky. Right. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's also, it's also the, the, the death of the Valerian family blood in, uh, as part of the monarchy, because that was the point. On the male the side. Because they have two yeah. daughters. Yeah. yeah. They have two daughters, two Targaryens, which means they're going to carry the Targaryen name. Yep. They ain't trading down. Nope. My other point right. I was going to say was that if the situation, even if Viserys had legitimized him, uh, them, it wouldn't matter because the moment he's dead, none of his stuff matters anymore. Right? Because he's not there to enforce right. it. Right. So, right. I mean, well, and, yeah. and that, that's, so I thought, to yeah. be honest, weak, whether we call him weak or not, he's the that's kept the peace. I mean, yeah. generally, it appears that that besides the the crab monster king or whatever his name was, crab feeder, yeah, the rest of the kingdom, it, yeah, the, every, the rest of the kingdom has been run fairly well, peaceful, and the only problems besides that crab was his immediate family, and that, and we're calling him weak because of his immediate family, not because of his rulership of the kingdom itself. Very true. Yeah. We really don't know how his kingdom is faring. We're not getting a lot of that. I mean, it's obviously doing okay because it's not falling apart, like exteriorly, but within the family, it's falling apart. Yes, very much so. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I would, I would call it weak only within the family because it seems like all of his lesser lords all respect him and follow him and whatnot, as well as I'm assuming the regular serfs are no worse or better off than they were with any of the other kings or queens before him. Um, but definitely um, 
the the strife. He, unfortunately, what it is is he was born in a time when all his family members are mental behavioral health individuals, whether they're sociopaths, narcissists, oh. uh, megalomaniacs. You know, because if they weren't, there would there would be no problems. I, I think. What's that, Mike? Well, I mean, you, you do. I'll go back to the stepping stones that he didn't handle that well. That, that drove a wedge between his him and Coralis that uh, opened up an opportunity for Damon. There's all sorts of things that could have that happened there that he could have prevented had he taken a stronger action there. Yeah. But he, he could have married someone other than Allison, you know, instead of marrying because of this cute girl that made him feel gushy. He could have married, uh, you know, someone else, not necessarily uh, whatever her name is that just died because she wasn't 12 yet. But um, there are other things that could have been done, I think, that he mishandled. And he was fortunate that he was living in a time of relative peace and prosperity. And we don't know how responsible he was for that. But we do know the one major challenge, or two major challenges he has. One was the stepping stones he did not handle, and another is his family, and he's not handling that one well either. So, you know, not every president get, you know, in in our terms, you know, gets to reside over uh, over important times. Sometimes you just have to, you know, ride between the exits on 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 the history's highway, right? And that's still important. uh, But I do think that there were things maybe he could have done better and been stronger about. Well, I think the problem too with him is that he's, you know, almost that living that adage of, you know, he sees the world one way and he thinks the people around him see the world that way and they don't. Right. Yeah. So when he's playing by the rules and trying to do the right things that he thinks everyone around him is scheming and they don't, they don't see it the same the perfect- way example of that is him marrying Allison. I think he did that because he thought of Hightower as a friend rather than just as his hand, and that got him into trouble. And she's hot. You and know? he has so, this hot 18-year-old sitting across from at the table every night, right. making goo-goo eyes at right. him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that he, he found her uh, sexually appealing. And and that was one of the the main reasons he 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 married her. Um, Believe you, but yeah, you I, mean I guess he found her. Hurt him. her. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it, obviously, I agree with you, Vera, too. It, it didn't it didn't hurt Allison that her father and her name was Hightower. Right. But that's where he mis- he mistakes people that are, you know, they're they're not necessarily his friends. They are people that work for him. And are you using him right. or manipulating him? <laughs> and he sees it too late in Hightower. It's the deed is already done, right? Right. Well, and and that's the thing. That, all right. He still marries Allison, whatever. But again, it, it all comes down to, yeah, this w- w- weird world where, oh, my God, he didn't marry my daughter. What a step back, <laughs> you know, because people are just – you know what it is, what it is in this world. So if, if they, I mean, technically they could have respected his choice. I mean, he's the king, but again, yeah, it's, it's all houses trying to outmaneuver other houses. And, and that's really all it is. Um, 
I mean, Corliss is, is, is a perfect example of that. Um, that whole scene in front of the fireplace with his wife, how she's like, just let it go. Yeah. And he, he nope. just can't, you know, and, and, and Damon, Damon's another perfect example. He, he just can't let it go. You know, he's, he's, plus I think Damon, he's just, I think, I honestly do believe that there's, there's a mental illness with Damon. Um, all the rest of the characters, it's just greed and megalomaniac and, and crap like that. But I, th- I honestly believe that there's, there's something wrong. In well, I don't feel like he, I don't feel it's like just, he did anything wrong in this episode and no, and the one before well, it, like he's got, hey, he got fucking his niece. His, uh, well, I mean, that's, I'm not going to judge that for sure. Cause this is a wholly <laughs> different world. Uh, Okay, we'll remember that the next time you have a family reunion. But um, yeah, it's uh, that's this yeah, know, world, not a wholly different. I know, world. but um, no, I got the sense, and maybe this is like after last episode, he's done, right? He's just done with all this bullshit. Yes, and and so you see him at the we- at the at the wedding, at the funeral, and at the after. He just has this. He's like he's laughing on the inside the entire time. At all this shit going on around him, you know, he laughs when when uh, they say the you know about not diluting the blood, and he laughs out loud because clearly the blood has been diluted, right, by right. by, by uh, Rhaenerys. and and just all of it. He's just he's just ha- you could see he's trying so hard, and he sees what they're doing to the kids. And I'm not saying he's mature oh. because he wouldn't be laughing at it. And he's better than them, or he's above it all. But I think he's just kind of put it beside him. And then, right, you know, he was perfectly happy to never go back. And then, Renera picks him for the draft. Well, says, I think I want you on Team Targaryen. I think he come on my bedchamber. I think he makes that switch before she even makes that offer. Because when you get that final scene between the two sides, he is directly with yeah. her when they're facing Alicent and her people. So you get this whole feel of, you know, families have just, the sides have just been taken. Well, let's also remember, you know, he still doesn't, he still has, they brought Hightower back. So he still doesn't like Hightower. So if he's going to pick a side, it's, it's not going to be Hightower's side. Um, And he, and he still has affection for his niece. Right. In, in, on several levels. Um, so, um. Yeah, but I actually liked him. I liked his performance in this episode because he didn't really have to do much, but he conveys a lot with just yep. a look. Yes, Lean, um, leaning against the wall and looking. Well, a lot it, of leaning. He still he still pissed me off because a, a lot of the problems is is him. He he's caused a lot of the problems that led up to this this point that the family's all fucked up. So. I can. I feel he's like the crash and burn, and then now he's just sitting back, you know, laughing or or, or whatever. So I, I don't really feel um, he has grown at all. But I, I do. I like. I think last that, week's episode. The performance and what's that again? His closeness to his new wife, like his wife. That's what Mike was saying last week's episode. I mean, I think that showed him gaining some maturity compared to what right. he had. He was he was perfectly willing to settle down with his wife, give up, you know, pretty much just give up the whole, you know, he was going to be a lord with a lot of money and his dragons. So he was still going to do well. He was going to be in a good position. He wasn't self-sacrificing. 
but right. he was giving up all of that petty stuff from his past and his family, and he's not involved in that here. You know, even as far as when his brother tries to bring him back, he's like, "Nah, fuck it, you don't have anything I want." So I think right. he has, but, you know, I'm not saying he's a better person. I just think he's grown a bit and he's moved from where he was. But then he gets a little booty tangled in front of him uh, and he's <laughs> sort of dragged right back into it. Well, that's true. Uh, but, but you know, he, he is the guy that um, cracked a, a woman over the head, his his, his wife with, with a rock. Well, I'm not saying he's so, a good guy. I'm just saying he's a okay. different guy than we than he yeah. was before. Yeah, I don't. He's I'm not saying still he's a, a dick. Good guy. And I'm not sure that he's the root of everything that happened either. He's part of the root, but it's I don't know that ultimately he's oh. the oh he's part he's definitely part of it. Down. Yeah. He's still yeah, like laughing over 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 a you know over his his niece having bastard children and a boy getting his eye gouged out. So you know I'm not saying he's a great dude. Right. Uh, he's he's oh, clearly a dick. Of course he's not. He's a murderer. He's a murderer, right? I mean, presumably he, he's yes. a murderer. Not convicted. Only yeah, he's not convicted. Right. Well, well, you're nobody, right. They, they cut. Knows. They cut away. That's true. Well, they cut uh, away. But, honestly, she was. But we, no one know. No one knows about OJ. She Simpson was going to die anyway, right? He didn't like. He she was trying to grab her sword, and then the horse fell over, right? Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes, on, yes, on, dude, dude. He, he whether she fell or, or not, he could have helped her. Instead, he t- he decided to take a well, rock and crack her over. She was paralyzed in that world. She's yeah. not going to do much. It was so, a mercy so, what he did in the end. Uh, I don't uh, think he expected uh, her to get her uh, neck broken, did he? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, He's a murderer. Dude. Uh, Come on, I'm trying. Enough, I'm trying I mean, to do yeah. what you, you you do. I'm playing devil's advocate, man. Fair enough. He, that, that, well, he did man. not mean I'll, to. I'll he did not mean to break her neck. When she broke her neck, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to let her suffer there." But then she well, he, 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 all right. by, by insulting right. her. All right. Then, then he <laughs> he snapped snapped the page's neck in this episode. All right. So, I mean, the guy's a, a bum. He's he's terrible. The murderer. It's a bad guy. The one thing uh, I did like about him right. is that he stopped Sir Kristen from getting yes. involved. Oh, well, I have a question like about that. that, actually. I meant to ask. So when Allison initially says to Sir Kristen to go do it, he doesn't immediately go off to cut the kid's eye out. No, he doesn't. Because the other guy that's He's in charge, hesitated. yeah, the other guy that's in charge of the guard looks over was, at him. It was only when the queen got, got attacked. It was when the queen yeah. got held back by other people. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I found that interesting. I was wondering if I if I was understanding that correctly or not, but it sounds like everybody saw the same thing I did. Well, I'll say this. Kristen hasn't killed anybody, to my knowledge. <laughs> he killed the guy the last episode. Yeah, oh, Kristen. That's right, he did kill someone. Yeah, yeah, so he's a bad guy, too. Jeffrey's Basin, yes. And he was trying to bully the uh, Rhaenyra's kids, right? Intentionally causing shit with them. Stoking Uh, Aegon and uh, Aemon. I'll just just say say the the murders. They're both murderers, and and that's enough. That is enough. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) They're both bad guys. (laughs) Who are you having over for dinner? Neither of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I'd have Damon before Sir Kristen because Damon at least isn't the same level of bitterness. <laughs> He's at least fun to some degree. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, but that that's the weird thing about this world is that murderers are in power and we all know they're murderers. It's it's just weird, you know. Like if you had a murderer that lived next door to you, you would you would have to move. But here it's like oh, it's no big deal. And that happens. comes good a good point to Laris, right? And the fact that Allison knows what he did to the Strongs, hasn't didn't discipline him or anything, right? right? So I mean, you've already yep. seen that she she technically wanted it uh, to happen, she, right? I mean, uh, come on. Oh yeah, she, no, no. In a, in a court of law, she would be an accessory for first degree murder. Yeah, for sure. And then she'd send Sir Kristen after you. So watch out. <laughs> uh, I could pr- pr- probably sit down with Kristen and, and, and say, "Yeah, dude, I, I know what it feels like to have your heart broken." Okay, so maybe not I, Sir I, Kristen, I, I, but Laris. Uh, Kristen. Laris will send the, the bees. Control. He'll send the bees out. Oh, oh, Laris, Laris. Oh, dude, dude <laughs> I, I would just, I just kick his ass. Fuck him. He's, he's a nobody. Kick his ass. He's getting a lot of stuff done for a nobody. That's the problem. Yep, yeah, that is true. And and he's the what the last scene of the episode that he was in. He was uh, told that uh, I will be calling soon enough. Soon enough. Yep. yep. And he's because he was already looking to get more people killed. And now you now you, you want to talk so. about a shit star? Yeah, that's a shit star. Oh yeah. That's uh, you know, I uh, I'd like to start some shit with you. If any time you need shit stirred, please come see me. I've got a lot of ideas for how we can stir shit up. So yeah, Allison's been... got great in Otto and Laris. Yes, both. <laughs> well, Otto well. hasn't killed anybody yet. I mean, that we know, of. we know of. Except as a as a politician, I am I no. am positive he has had people killed. <laughs> I would I would probably was... concur. Anybody anybody oh, I, with I, that. Much power in this world, absolutely. Yeah. Well, because well, he's the head of his family, right? Right. I mean, we we know that um, Eddard Stark killed people too, right? right. As executed. Right. So yeah, I, I think too, the, 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 you know. So the, the question James, is: Has he James. had anyone? Has had anybody murdered? Right? Has he had any like covertly or done it for political advantage, as opposed to what they would consider justice? Hard um, to say with him, I think. Yeah, but I still think, and look, things may have changed in the the, the last fifteen years or so. Um, but I, I do think that he was trying to do two things at once, and that's made him a bad hand. He was trying to serve the king while serving his family, and he was letting his family take precedent. I don't think he was deliberately trying to hurt the king in doing it, but he was seeing opportunities and was taking advantage. To, to put Allison there. Emma died, and oh, hey, look, there's an open niche. Let's move in. Um, but being exiled for a while, and certainly with how his his daughter seems to have been treated and his grandchildren seem to have been treated, um, I, I can certainly see where he may be going darker than he would have had he stayed there the entire time. Um, but also, he may be perceiving Rhaenyra as a threat and a threat to his family. So that could also be pushing him in that direction. 
and we know his he's been telling that to Alicent. So fear, fear, even if it's irrational fear, can push people to do terrible things. Yeah, and I think that's what it is, Mike, more than uh, anything, which is he sees the war, and the question is, does he want to do the first strike or not? Uh, um, but, but again, the question is, why are they all at this position in the first place? Why are they all fighting? Why are they this way? You know, and it's well once once Allison was once Allison was married to the king, he became even more power hungry. I think, and so he is directly at fault for what's going on now. Um. Yeah, at least partially, for sure, there's no doubt, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all these characters in the first three or four episodes were, were pretty... Exclu- let's not include Allison and Rhaenyra, because they were kids. But all the adults, besides the king, well, even him, he fucked up, too. So all the adults were either evil bastards, or they fucked up. Except Lionel Strong. Uh... Uh, he was, he was, you know, he was good in the first few episodes, I would concur, but when we see the episode where he dies, I was like, are you kidding me? He, he, he didn't get his son out of that situation and he allowed bastard kids. I mean, and he's the hand of the king. So he betrayed the hand, the king worse than Otto ever did, if you want to really talk about it. So it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't. I liked him up until that episode. When he was not my the def- hand, I liked him. My defense for him, though, is that he wasn't trying to destroy people like Otto was, trying to destroy Renera and Damon. No, whether, again, whether that's justified in regards to the characters or the personalities, stuff that they do, but his intent was to sever the connection that Viserys had well, with his daughter and his brother. Well, right? that's well, not you're not doing that because you're a nice person. Well, what was all right? Strong, he, he, as uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he, you're you're technically right. However, he, you know, he knew what was going on with Rhaenyra and his son, and, and technically, if he was really the quote unquote hand of the king, right? He should have went up to the king and said, this is what's going on. But of course, he's not going to do that because it's his, his son. But he's also so, realizing how many uh, lives are going to be destroyed. And that's why he wasn't going to say the reason. Whereas we've seen Otto, right? He was, whether it was, uh, whatever the motivation was, right? Well, he he told there's about what was happening with Renera, right? Well, he didn't hesitate. Well, well, well let, me, let me rephrase Sure, sure. I'm not comparing him. I'm not comparing him to Otto. Otto's a scumbag. I I concur. I'm just talking about him, him as a person. So let's not compare him to anybody. Okay, sure, sure. He fucked up everything, and he betrayed the king, and he betrayed betrayed the kingdom. At least in my opinion. Now, yeah, no, I'm not arguing your yeah, so I, 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 that's what I meant. I wasn't trying to compare him to Otto. Yeah, okay. I'm not trying to say no, the degrees like you, of who's worse. <laughs> in your aspects of what you're saying, that's fine, right? Like, and I, I understand what you're saying, and your your explanation for it is 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 fair, right? So, uh, no question. But like, 
I was thinking it was more of like a comparison between Otto and, and Lionel, and that's where I was coming from. So, but as you explain it, you're not saying that, so disregard what I said. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, I guess we can talk about Venera's husband. Uh, what, what's that guy's name? Lanor. Yeah, Lanor. And the trick. In the book, we'll, we'll talk about the book, because again, we're, we're past the, bu- the book part now. But in the book, Rhaenyra and Damon do kill him and intentionally do so. It's, it's not really explained that it's Rhaenyra. It's, it's, it's hinted that it's Damon who, sure. who orchestrated right, sure. it. But my my sure. understanding, again, is this is in the book. Basically, it's a story. It's, it's them telling what yes, they think from the happened. Right, from the maesters. Perspectives, as opposed yeah. to it being a first-hand account that you had, you know, say with... It's, it's, um, it's a, like with a journal. Game of, with Game of, yeah. with Game of, well, Game of Thrones was a, was a journal of what was happening then and there, right? The people who lived it and the people who right. did it, as opposed to this feels like a, you know, someone recording the history for posterity, but yeah. not. But, right. but that's my understanding of the book. So I, the way I, I kind of process it, and I don't know if I should because these are clearly two different worlds, um, is that you can look at the book as being the official history, and then this is the, no, this is what actually happened. You know, if you if you want to if you were if you want to reconcile those two differences, yeah, that's fair. So, fair. Um, so the idea is that it was believed that uh, L- L- Lanor was was Lanor was killed, but in reality, they just killed some borrowed schmuck in his place instead. Yes, right, right. Though, though, I, 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 I don't think that is necessarily the case. It's a fair observation, Mike. But again, George R. R. Martin wrote book while this is the interpretation of the book by two showrunners this is the so, well, but this is the this is the one he up. wanted of all the spin-offs this is the one that that martin wanted to do so i have a feeling he has a lot more influence it, it, on this it feels right like it too and you have book canon right. and you have tv canon yeah. right it, that's part of it so well, I, I didn't want to get into the book. I was just mentioning it in passing. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to get into was the ironic situation of the scene because um, he has a, a, a talk with his wife and she says, you're an honorable and good man and all this other stuff. And the thing that's odd about it is supposedly he loves the children even if they're not his blood and supposedly he loves his parents and it's it's, it's just very bizarre how they left it i, I kind of like the idea that he was murdered better because it left me with a bad taste that he's just a an opportunist that really just you know for himself rather than anyone else because again he walks away from two children and his parents and all these other people and and so it makes me kind of hate hate the character now while the prior i kind of liked him i think you just look for reasons um, to hate the characters um in the in the last uh, episode he had, he had no, said well, something I, like I'm not, like a, i'm not allowing that mike because you're putting you're trying to say how i think I'm saying in the last episode, he had made a comment that uh, to the effect that, you know, it's a good sailor gets out of the way when he sees a storm brewing and there is clearly a storm brewing. And if I understand the ending and, and I don't think it was entirely clear, but 
this was an option given to him that he, he took, right? That um, the guard is killed by Damon and thrown his, his body thrown into the fire. This is his opportunity to get away. He is not the king that they need. He is not the spouse that Rhaenyra needs right now. She needs Damon. And I think it just makes perfect sense for him to go. Yeah, it, because it, he doesn't love uh, her anyway. Um, I mean, he, 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 does, he doesn't uh, have romantic I, 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 I don't see how you can think that. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the kids, his parents. He's endangering his the kids nieces. by being there. I, I, so, I so to I, him, I just don't this, see to a person to just disappear, like I just, I just don't see it. I, I, I can't relate to that. But continue. Well, Brandon. his he's trying to protect his kids by leaving to make Renera more powerful because he can see what's going to happen after knowing about what Allison did in the throne room. I mean, if Allison's willing to go to those lengths in front of the king, just imagine what she's going to do when he's gone. And so he knows the danger that's there. And he also knows that while he married for duty, it's also his duty to now get out of the way because he's created more problems and is in danger of everybody. Well, I, I, I don't know if they're his problems. I mean, they, she knew what she was getting into, even if she didn't want to marry him and vice versa. Uh, he has parents who love him. He has quote-unquote kids that love him and he loved his sister who died based off of how he broke down at the funeral and he has his two nieces so i i just can't fathom a human being would just pretend they're deaf and never see any of these people ever again in their well, it sounds like he was closest I, to his make any sense. it sounds like he was closest to his sister because that's the only one he references my sister's dead i can move on now i don't need I don't need any of this and I'm only endangering you by being here and I'm going to do the honorable thing. Let's get this over with. And I'm going to go to Pentos where I can do what I've always wanted to do, whatever that might be. Well, what do you think well, is going to, would happen if, if, if he hadn't taken the offer? I think they'd have killed him. Exactly. <laughs> that That's it. And I think that's it. Exactly. I mean, he's given, he, they, they gave him a choice. I think they gave him a choice mostly because I think the showrunners didn't want to make uh, uh, Team Renera completely awful. Although, again, they murdered an innocent person in order to, to, to do this. So all they did is shift murdering one innocent person to murdering another innocent person. And that's supposed to make them look more sympathetic because we didn't ever meet the person they did indeed murder. Yeah, because the but, other guy um, that went there to approach him wasn't the dead one. He's the one that got into the um, boat with him, right? Yeah, his friend Carl was the right. one that yeah. was supposed to be the murderer and then they got off, right? Yeah, so, so we don't even know whose body one way was to in put there. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm thinking you know, what I thought it was is it was the kid, the person that Damon killed because Damon right. broke the neck of someone. So I'm assuming that was the body that they right, used. Right. As, Basically, uh, I, the, I agree with Mike 100 yeah, percent. I agree with 100 percent. What, what, what is, is is they don't want to put the character of Veneris as the, the villain in the show. And so they didn't have her have her husband killed. They didn't have her directly kill the page boy. Instead, they had Damon do it. 
And yet, of course, Mike is correct as well, which is she's first degree murder participant in the first, whether it was just a page boy rather than her husband. So it, the showrunners are just trying not to make us look at Rhaenyra as the villain. Now, again, I, I, I see all your points about her husband and, and what he did, but I, I, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me personally. Feel I'm wrong to say that, but I, I just can't believe uh, someone would do that, except the narcissistic scumbag. Well, it's just that's like just a, well, I was going to say, Phil. Like I understand what you're saying, and it's it's like in the real world, how people could just walk away from families or whatever. How serial don't killers? It. Yeah, how serial killers can kill a bunch of people and not feel anything for it. I mean, it, well, there's something. Oh, that and that's we, my point. He is more like understand. <laughs> Right, so he's more like a bad guy, not a serial killer. Well, I, I a don't bad know guy. what kind of relationship he had with his parents. This is just my personal opinion, but I have no idea what kind of relationship he really had with his family. He was married off to someone he didn't really connect with. Um, right. I have no idea what sort of support he was getting from them over the years. Well, so, the two boys. What about the two boys? Well, he's leaving them. Well, I, again, I mean, we, we don't have to continue talking about it because you're not no, going to no, convince me to change. Yeah, yeah, the girls are, I don't, I'm, I'm not here to. Yeah, I'm not here to it. try to change anybody else's opinion at all either. I'm just saying, it, it just doesn't work for me. Is all. It's just my perspective. Well, I mean, it doesn't work for you like something you would do, but you can understand it, right? I mean, that's 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 the uh, question yes, here. I, mean, I can you understand have, it you, because he's he's a bad guy. In my opinion, they're not. Uh, his children uh, it, and the mother say, "Get the fuck away, or we're going to kill you." Right again, uh, you can, you're not going to change my opinion, and I'm not here to change. But your my opinion, your so you opinion. think you should have Barrett stayed asked If Barrett, Barrett asked if I understand what he did, and I'm saying I do understand what he did, but that doesn't mean but, I I think he was right or a I'm good just, person. I'm just saying. So. so you think he should have stayed and gotten killed? Um, well, first of all, you're assuming he was, was going to get killed. Yeah, so I mean, that, that just is shows you what, what it just shows. Right. It's an assumption. And, and if you believe that was a chance he was going to get killed, it shows us what you think of will probably really think of these other characters, meaning, you know, that they're all apt to be murderous. Yeah, so I think we've all established that. Okay. Um, but I think he would have had enough allies. If he just went, you know, if he went to his parents and said, hey, this is, this is what was just said to me, you know, damn well, Corliss would have said, up on arms, let's kill the I Tigers. don't know that. Yeah, I well, don't either. He wanted, yeah, we don't know that. That's fair. I, I think you're, you're conflating what you would do and why you can't understand it with and making it like you're you're not connecting with them because of it. But their their life is totally different from yours. They it's a fantasy world where they're dealing with things you're not dealing with in this world. Um, I don't know that we can apply our logic to what's happening to them. And, and that's fair. Mike said that a number of times with Game of Thrones. I said, well, if so, this person did that, that's first degree. And Mike goes, Phil, this is a fantasy world. And I go, fair enough. But that doesn't necessarily mean I. You can look at that person and say, "Well, that was a that was a 
a smart a thing a good thing to do. Okay, so let me ask you this: but, Where would you put him on the hierarchy of bad people in this show? Because I think what we're seeing is most of these well, people are bad. I would put him to on this, the lower prior end. Prior to this, right? Most certainly, especially before this scene, there was nothing bad about him at all, except that he was born wealthy into a family that probably has done terrible things. But him as an individual, he, he was one of the best characters and, and most honorable characters in, on the show. Except for you know you know normal human hours like anybody else, he couldn't he couldn't push his rope. Other than that, he was fine. Right. Yes. There you go. Exactly. So uh, once he did this, though, it made me kind of sour on him. But again, like you said, yeah, maybe, maybe he was worried that he was going to. But maybe he is a coward because that's that's kind of what everybody kind of says. He's a coward. So maybe that's what he is. He's just a coward. I don't know. I would say he's got issues for sure. <laughs> I don't know if he's a coward or not, well, but inevitability is something different than cowardice. You either die or you leave. And I'm sure he saw the writing on the wall, whether they said it to him or not. Um, also and, being offered the chance. I would, to I would have gone Francisco. to my father. Yeah. I, the, the, wait, well, you know where the father lies, right? You, the father shouldn't be gay. To overlook the fact. Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah, gay. He's the, fa- <laughs> the father is perfectly willing to overlook the fact that, that uh, there were three bastard children uh, because they'll think that they're going to carry his name and that's good enough for him. Um, he's going to say, you should, you know, that you should stay and you should continue to be who you're not. And here he's got a chance to run off to San Francisco and live the life he wants without being judged when he's had to kind of hide that for, you know, the last whatever, 20 years of his life. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't necessarily fault him for that, especially after he saw, you know, he saw, you know, what I think was his last life. I don't know how many he's had, but, you know, get his face literally bashed in um, in front of him uh, and murdered in front of him. He, you know, he basically admits he's not really been the best companion uh, to uh, Renera. And we'll. I'm sure, what, I'm sure she what, hasn't been any better than him. Oh, I'm not saying that, honest. but but basically he said I'll do I'll 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 do what you need me to do and 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 this is basically what he needs her to do and it's kind of like a win-win, right? Okay, you want me to do this? You want me to go be able to live a life where I I'm, I'm out of the spotlight and I can do what I want and not be judged for it and and I can still do the thing that you want me to do? Sure, why not? I I can't fault him for taking that option. Well, and I would say she didn't treat him badly. If they'd have killed him, then that would have been bad. But I mean, she's she's tried to work things with him to do their duty um, throughout, and just at this point, they're in a position where it's obvious Allison is going to take things in a really bad way. So, what do you do at that point? You have to try and shift alliances to make sure. You stay powerful enough that Allison can't just do that to you. Yep. Which is why we think that she was going to kill him if he didn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's the notion I got. It was my feeling. I think she cared enough about Damon that she would have done anything to be with him at that point. Right. Well, again, right. she's working with the I have to become queen. Right, right or wrong. I have to become queen. It's the prophecy. It's important future of the world, blah, 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 blah. And so she's not going to let anything stand in her way. At least that's how I'm, I'm kind of seeing it. Um, and that means, unfortunately, you'll do things that fanatics do. Are 
hard choices. <laughs> and yep. you know, people uh, people yeah, in those royal families they they have these ideas that it's their destiny to be in charge and it's their birthright. So you know, when you get two split groups like this, this is when rebellions happen. This is when all of one family gets destroyed so that the other can be in power. So I, I did have unfortunate. to I did, did have to chuckle a little uh, because there were people uh, in the community who complained that after they killed off Joffrey, that they killed off another gay character in a, in a loving romance, blah, blah, blah. And then here we go, you know, in ep- two episodes later, and they have the gay couples selling off in theory to be happy and live happily ever after. Um, and of course, the two, based on the filming schedule, this was not a response to that in any way, shape or form. Uh, I just thought it was funny that that it ended up kind of going that way. Well, people definitely complained about the gay guy getting killed. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard there was two things. They did it this way. One was because they didn't want to have a, enough trolls or backlash for a second gay character dying. And then the other thing was, is he's going to be a possible um, thing that will pop up later in the series to help bring down Rhaenyras uh, in in a a way. Um, And then the third thing I read was that we'll just never see him again. So it could be one of the three. My concern, and I have no idea, and I I, I have a feeling the character wouldn't think this way. My concern, once he leaves the picture and she runs off with Damon, my concern is now for her two kids. Well, yeah. Because you can put a real Targaryen on the throne now. So what do we do with those two children? Three kids. Well, what about even... Right, right. I keep forgetting about Joffrey. Yeah. Because he's a little boo muncher right now. What, what about what about her? Um, could could a Damon want to knock her off too? Yeah, but I get the sense that there's actual affection for her. Yeah. So I don't think he would. I feel like that through the whole series that he has affection for. I felt like that the way they've filmed it. Um, I mean, but screwed up inc- screwed up incestual affection. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. but affection. I mean, he killed his own wife, but he he did hate her, so... And and never made any secret of it. Right. (laughs) I mean, the one thing you can say about him, as as, uh, despicable as a guy as he can be at times, he isn't exactly good at at being duplicitous. Or subtle. (laughs) Yeah, so what else do we want to talk about? Um, I I did say, I want to just talk, we didn't, we kind of glossed over it. Uh... The the riding of Vagar, I actually saw some people comment that this is what they had wanted to see with Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. I did think that was a nice scene and was and just again a scene to, to they do such a good job of showing you the uh, how big and impressive the the dragon is. Um and, and majestic and dangerous, all kind of rolled up in one and then the just the 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 weird ass roller coaster ride it's got to be to sit on the back of a dragon in that world you know for the first time uh especially going around with one that's 
so big, you know, and it's not like they were riding like the little pony sized dragon to start with. Um, I think that was, that just was a really great scene and it captured it well. And, um, weirdly enough, I was watching, um, because of the Lord of the Rings series, it was kind of putting me in a mood to, to rewatch those films. And I actually sought out, uh, one of the fan edits of the Hobbit that like chops out about half the shit. You know, that's gotten good reviews to, you know, as like as a much better. And I rewatched the scene with Smog because I guess it was just looking to see how they handled the dragon. If that dragon scene worked any better, it does work better. It's also much abbreviated. A lot of the slapstick is gone, but it's so disappointing the way that like Peter Jackson films it. There's like very little majesty to Smog in that film, um, in my opinion. You know, it's he's, he's a little too quick. The camera doesn't linger on him. He's not shot, shot in a way that I think makes him look and feel overwhelming and impressive. And yet they always manage to do that well with the dragons on in Game of Thrones and in this series. Yeah. On your point, Mike, I'd also like just to add yeah. that I really like the fact that every dragon has been different. They've made they've gone out of their way to show that every dragon is different. Whether it's design, personality, whatever. That's I really like that. Uh, that effort that they put in for that. And and I I know who I also appreciates that is the uh, is the art department. <laughs> you know, I'm yes. sure they were they are thrilled that they're not being told to just turn out. Oh, take that one and make it blue. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> they're doing a good job. Yeah. Credit to them. Anything else that we wanted to bring up? I was just going to touch on again, just like I mentioned at the start, just about the stuff with Viserys and just what a shitty position he is in and uh, just feeling really bad for him. Like, I, again, I know he's responsible for not making choices and avoiding conflict and stuff, but I under, sort of understand why he does that. And it just, how helpless he must feel that he seems to be the only one who keeps, wants to keep the family together. But he caused the division in the first place. So it's, it's, oh, it's, it's part of me. Fair enough, right? well, yeah, part of me has a hard, you know, a hard time with that. You, you know, it, it, did he really cause it or was it Damon? Because he was the one that. He caused like, it through his, his poor choices. Well, he decided it. Is it a bad choice that he chose his eldest daughter or eldest child to be. The air. I didn't say all his choices. I didn't say all his choices were bad, but well, I think you have to. You can't make your choices in a vacuum. Um, every leader has to realize that there are choices they can make and choices they can't make based on what their people will accept. Now, we have not really, uh, truly, honestly, seen this whole seen this come to fruition. Right, the idea that. Well, they'll never allow a woman king. We haven't actually seen that yet. We've heard a bit about it, but that was also 10, 15 years ago, right? So we don't know where the people would be if suddenly uh, uh, Rhaenyra ascends. It's all men making that argument, right? Yeah, it is. But in a world like this, they they are the ones that have all the power unless they're one of the, the women running a dragon. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is it is just, you know, the consequence of being in that world. Um, 
but again, we haven't we haven't had it actually tested. Uh, I, I have a feeling it's you know they don't they didn't spend all this time to go surprise all the people were just fine with it all along. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's where they're going to go with it. Uh, but you know he there is a reason why his it was his father or his grandfather picked him over his sister. Yep. Right, and that worked out okay, but that already started by weakening the. The, uh, that was a decision that weakened the um, the power and the authority because you already split the people. Now, people may have settled for it and accepted it, but some of them did it grudgingly. And some people are still, as we saw with Corliss, eh, they're still holding on to it. She certainly had her fans. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's all these things, these little decisions. I, I think, you know, kind of like the, the American Civil War, at some point it's building. You can hold it back for so long, eventually the dam's going to break. Indeed. I, I don't know if there's anything he could have done to stop the Civil War from coming. But it's interesting that they, they you know, this kingdom no woman could rule is the idea, but yet you see the power between those two women and the struggle between those two women in this episode, and I just think it's so well done. Well, yeah, but we've also seen real world, right? And it's not like women, you know, have, have had, an, had an easy time in our in our real world history, and yet we've seen like Queen Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, you know, we, we've seen a lot of strong women kick some ass, but it's never. But it's not like all the whole world said, "Hey, maybe we were wrong about women." No, it was always, "Well, they're an exception because they're royalty or chosen by God or, or whatever." Yeah, I just like that the way well, it, the way it know, shows the India, power. India, Pakistan, Israel. That they've had some uh, Margaret Thatcher. You know, you can go on and on. So there's been some pretty strong women for sure that weren't royalty, and a lot of them, you know. Uh, have fucked up as much as the men. Um, but in in this one here, the only thing I could see that the king could have done was two things. Be lucky and not have a bunch of assholes around <laughs> him, like prior kings. And two, be a mass murderer and 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 pull a Stalin and, and take out all all the threats to to your your power you know if he just killed damon immediately and i'm not again i'm not saying he should have done any of this again because i don't agree with it but that's how a lot of these leaders back in those days and i bet you know, a lot of those targaryens before him were able to hold on to power is as they they purged they did the well, purge. i mean once damon went into open rebellion basically uh, he had justification, but then things seemed to get better. So, yeah, I mean, he he, he was trying to do what was right, what he thought was just. It just wasn't enough. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of a lot of bad stuff. Um... It's and he had to, you know, he unfortunately wasn't the type that wanted to purge. <laughs> well, what, At least he's gonna die before it all happens. 
like, okay, so here's a weird question. What if, just, just, just hear me out. What if he did take the kid's eye out and kept Allison happy? Would, would that, would that necessarily change anything? Oh, I, well, I don't know. I, I don't. No, I don't know if th- what that has to do with what I was saying. But if if just if we're just, just throwing out stuff, saying, I'm, I'm saying for where yeah. we are right now, yeah. right? This yeah, is yeah. this is a clear a clear dividing line in their relationship. You know where she feels he's not he's not being supportive enough. Like we haven't heard that before. Um. And 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 clearly you saw Hightower taking it all in well could it have worked out differently if he had you know gone along with his wife's wishes well i'll tell you this Uh, suspicions and fears i don't don't think so uh it would have made a temporary happiness for one group and anger and hatred from another group but i i don't think that had nothing to do with what the problem i mean the stabbing of the eye and it being the fight between the two sides, um, the fight between the two sides was already going on. It's just brought exacerbating it. Yeah. I mean, again, this is that thing. Well, is there anything that could, could stop it at this point? Or is it just all a case of just at this point? Yeah. Now it's done. Yeah, it's done. They're, they're inevitably going to, attack each other in some way or form who starts it i mean we can't really say anymore because it's so many things have happened but there's going to be a major thing that happens that somebody starts it well and we also know now the book has uh, sort of the the show has tweaked what's happened in the book or presented it from a different perspective where you again my perspective is that this is kind of telling the the, the real story as opposed to the the legend the the, the oral history um, that you may find out that the things that we think started it maybe didn't happen the way we believe it happened. But we'll see. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, if he wanted to have uh, a peaceful kingdom, he had to be born in a different time when he didn't have a bunch of sociopaths and megalomaniacs and jerks and dinks and all these other people around him. As number one, and number two was he had to put down his fist immediately when he ever saw this crap happen, and uh, and do the purge. His, which his, is probably what his prior ancestors did. Well, his his was real right? problem is he, he did not heed the very wise words that a man once spoke, which was, "If you want to be happy the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife." <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, that's true. Because if he if he had married the Valerian person, the twelve year old, <laughs> or if you want to get but, shit done, you got to do it yourself. But but even at that point, I, I don't think that was really an issue because when you look at it, even at that point, he had already named Veneris the heir to the throne. So and let's also be honest that that twelve year old would go on to 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 ride Vagar. So she turned out to be a pretty kick-ass wife, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, even if the, even if it didn't end out all that well or ended prematurely, 
Um, in hindsight, maybe he should have married the twelve-year-old. Well, that's it. that's you know, you know you you think she's a good catch because she it's cool that she rides a dragon, but I, I'm pretty sure that in that world that isn't necessarily the thing that determines who he well, wants but, to marry. But the dragon was unclaimed when she was twelve years old. She went out and she claimed it. She certainly okay. seemed to be a loyal wife to Damon. And that was, from what I could tell, another political marriage. You know, so it seemed like she could have been a hell of an asset for for his house had he gone that way. I mean, any number of things could have happened. It may have been a bad match. But I don't know. It seems like she's more loyal than Allison. Uh, yeah, see, I guess, yeah, well, that's true. I, I'm just, again, I, I don't like comparing at least uh, you know well, if you just compare he had, he had options. you could say yeah that's this is he had options right. and I understand right but, but it's time, easy to be a Monday morning quarterback too. oh I'm so absolutely it's easy and that's, to be a Monday morning. that's exactly what I'm doing um because I can and nobody can stop me and that's exactly what we're doing on this show right <laughs> yes yes that is true now that'll be always the well what if they had drafted this person instead of that person. What if they had married this person instead of that person? That's that's you know that's the stuff that alternate histories are always born from. So, right. Um, and, and some of the great questions in history because we 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 don't have yet access to those alternate worlds where we get to see what would have happened. Yep. Yeah, I I think uh, the problems started with who he named as his heir, and he let his brother. Uh, do the things that he did, and and I think those were the two big mistakes. And and to be honest, the, the brother was was the real mistake because he was just a pain in the ass. Technically, as a king, he, he should be able to name any heir he wants. But again, you're right. There, there's a system. But anyway, what else do we want to talk about? Is that it, or do we got some other stuff that someone had on their agenda that we haven't brought up yet? Anyone? All right. I guess. We're done. Um, so let's uh, give our final thoughts on this episode here. So, uh, Sean, why don't you start? Uh, uh, just like I said at the start, I thought it was a really strong episode. Very excellent acting and storytelling and pushing things along. Um, just this, again, if we had any question, really gives you the Game of Thrones feel. <laughs> and no question, uh, this world is not a pleasant one to be in. That is true. Uh, and uh, let's go for you, Mike. Mike? Yeah, I like this political intrigue kind of stuff. I like that we're, 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 we're kind of moving up to you know, the, the fight, right? We all know this is going to end up in civil war. And I guess that's where the rest of the series is going to be uh, set um, from based on the, the commercial. I think we're going to be taking one last leap forward in time next week. Um, and again, next week is the penultimate episode, right? Or the is this is next week, seven or eight? It's 10, right? It's 10 episodes for the season. So, so next week is the anti-penultimate. So anti-penultimate still, episode. Yeah. All right. Right, so we're yeah. we're ramping up towards the so, Civil so this, War. This I, season has one extra than 
No, I was just saying this one has one more episode than the She-Hulk, which is the other podcast. Anyway, yeah. continue, Mike. So I guess it's sort of like the antebellum portion of, of of the United States, right? We're we're seeing the the lead up to the war, and I imagine the war itself is going to be what happens mostly starting in season two or at the very end of this season. But I'm sure it's not going to be wrapped up in an episode or two. But I'm I am liking this. I'm liking. I do like the fact that they're, they they continue to move things forward and develop it at a quick pace i am still liking the characters i think um they are not sacrificing character development for the speed or for the spectacle there really hasn't been a lot of spectacle in this not like when you look at things like hard home in in game of thrones um most of the drama has been personal and i think they've drawn the characters well enough that i know who they are what they want why they want it why they think they're entitled to it and why they're being pieces of shit and how they go about getting it. And, and I like that. And again, that makes the characters feel real to me. All right. Uh, for me, um, yeah, it was a good episode. Um, uh, I kind of liked how it was a bottle episode and all the characters were there together. So we got to see interactions, uh, quickly, uh, between the characters um, it's, uh, has probably been the beginning of the war, um, that we're going to see coming up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, all in all, it's a good episode. Uh, Barrett. Yeah, I love this episode. I thought it was, um, really well done acting. Just loved it, especially the final scene between the, the two women, um, the two most important women in the show. Um, again, I wish they'd fix the darkness issue. That's my only complaint about the episode. Um, but other than that, it is an awesome episode. Looking forward to next week. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so once again, uh, this episode was called, uh, Driftmark, directed by Miguel Sapochnik, uh, written by Kevin Lowe, uh, or Lou, one or the other, uh, October 2nd, 2022. It was released. Uh, we are recording this October 4th, 2022, and hope to have this episode out October 5th, 2022. And with all that stated, Mike, why don't you do this up? Uh, well, thank you once again for listening to us discuss episode seven of, uh, I was going to say A Dance of Dragons. That's the wrong title. Listen to episode seven of, uh, this, listen to us discuss episode seven of House of the Dragon, the episode, uh, Drift, uh, Griff Mark? Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I think we got a lot of good discussion. There's a lot of good debate. Always is with this. Uh, the, the mixture of what motivates people and putting in context of history and historical parallels. And uh, so we thank you for joining this conversation or listening in. If you have anything to add, please remember to send that email to darkdiscussions.aol.com and put a note in there for dragons. And uh, otherwise, we will you know, be back next week as we talk about Episode 8.